Hello, my name is Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait What, a podcast for the Savage Critic website. Graham McMillan and I uh, spent some time today uh, talking about comics. Because we went on at such length, we're actually chopping this up into two or three bite-sized podcasts so as not to drive everybody crazy. Um, but we do hope you listen to them all and enjoy them all as well. So thanks for listening. That's David Brothers' next question. Mm. Actually, we should add, we should you should answer his first question, which is Graham's a Dazzler fan. I think he should explain why. Have you read Essential Dazzler Volume One? Uh, do I have to pretend to be David Brothers for this part? I'm sure David Brothers has read Essential Dazzler Volume One as well. Dazzler is wonderful because, first of all, she is a disco character who appeared at the end of disco and then had to pretend that she wasn't really into disco while wearing a mirror ball around her neck and being on sequence roller skates for, what, five years or something? And also, she's a romance comic. Dazzler is great because it is an old school romance comic with like the beast and the angel popping in instead of like, you know, Brad from down the road. It's really, really great stuff. It's the only comic where Vinnie Coletta's art works. Yeah, with like Frank Springer. It's like Vinnie Coletta inking Frank Springer. And it's so perfect, which in almost every other world would be the worst art in the world. But on Dazzler, it completely works because you're like, I'm reading an issue of My Love from 1962, except someone's <laughs> just drawn over like the woman's outfit with Dazzlers. It's that's exactly the sort of comic it is. It's so great. I admittedly I like it in the ironic sense. I don't think it's a really good comic, but I think it's great at the same time. Okay. Well, that that makes a lot of sense. So if let's so say take that, that David Brothers, take yeah, that with your hatred for Dazzler you're not understanding what it's all about <laughs> so if you if you somehow like mystically after your night of romance with Brian Bendis they turned around and handed you the, the chance at a, a Dazzler book I would turn it down I, I, I could not think of a way to do Dazzler and make it work right now everything I love about Dazzler is all about Dazzler as the character she was when she first appeared. I think now that everyone's like, Dazzler is Madonna. Dazzler is past it and has been, and she's been hanging out with the X-Men for 10 years. It's all gone. She's just become this generic character who has light powers and occasionally goes, I sing sometimes. It's The magic is gone for me. Unless I can do, like, <laughs> Ultimate Dazzler, which I know they've done, and, you know, she was, like, some sort of goth emo kid. But, like, unless I could completely restart Dazzler, I wouldn't be interested. Oh, so you would you would completely restart from, like, ground zero? Oh, yeah, and she'd be, like, a, a loser trying to break into the music business again because that's half the fun. Half the fun is, like, she's with the skeezy manager and he's like, why don't you sing at this bar mitzvah? And, you know, the juggernaut will crash the bar mitzvah for some really lame reason. And she'd be like, what are the odds? It's, it's that sort of thing that I like about it. As soon as she's a real superhero and as soon as you bring her into, like, the X-Men and all of a sudden it's, you know... All of the mutants are dying out. We are sad. It's all gone wrong. No, I, I definitely agree with you about that. I um, I think I'm trying to think if I made it to the end of the first volume of, of Essential Dazzler, which I only read recently, and uh, I, I have to say, and it's classic. 
you know, I may have. I, I may not have. I don't remember what happens at the end of Volume 1. They're, it's... Not, they're not the most memorable stories, it has to be said. You could probably stop anywhere, like, anywhere after like the third issue, and then you'd be like, I kind of know how the rest of this is going to be. <laughs> well, you know, I think I, I'd be inclined to disagree with you, because one of the things that really cracked me up about Dazzler were that... Danny Fingeroth took over writing Dazzler with like after being the editor like at issue three or four and then proceeded to work off of Tom DeFalco's plot for like the next nine issues. Like yeah, that, issues that's true, yeah. Issues one through twelve, like DeFalco must have worked out this entire pitch for the first twelve issues and they went, Wow, this is great. Goodbye, you know, and then they just they took it all. And yeah, so was he not doing something more exciting at that point? Was that when he took over Spider Man? Um, I wish the essential books had a, you know, also happening at this time was this. Because there's right. some times where you're just like, I have no idea what else was happening at this point. Yeah, that could be. And that would explain a lot. I could see him sort of leaving this to do Spider-Man. Um, to, you know, get a real job. <laughs> well, I kind of like that, although it was sort of a, you know, although it leans really heavy on the Mary Sueism, Sueisms a lot. Uh, those first 12 issues of Dazzler, they... You know, she's, you know, potential herald to Galactus by, like, issue 11 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's another great thing about it. They try really hard to make you think that she's important. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the Avengers and the X-Men help her do an audition. And it's like, yes. in, in what world is this not funny? <laughs> yeah, no, the, that, that sort of Mary Sue thing where it's like, she matters, she matters, she matters. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. But as soon as that plot's over and Danny Fingeroth's on his own, it's like the Blue Shield and Techno Master and guys who just seem really, really lame. Like It has to be said, if you were doing a Dazzler comic now, Techno Master is such a great name for a character. Well, of course. I he, mean, he would be like, you know, Techno Master, and then you could have Electro. Mm-hmm. And then they could fight in a story called Electro Clash, and people would be like, I get your musical humor. You're a punk. <laughs> You know, because like you'd have disco and techno and electro together. That, come on, that sort of thing, right? Hell, see, so like your Gillen is like that's the plot of Phonogram issue three, room. <laughs> but I think that's that's all the more reason why you should do it because that's I mean that's that's why I think Dazzler might actually be um, kind of relevant or interesting is we've you know we have dance culture now and she fits like she can you can slot her perfectly into it because but she fits when she's young and has not been hanging out with the x-men for 10 years i really think that that broke the character that just turned her into another superhero yeah i i say just ignore it keep the age part because like you know it wasn't like um isn't the guy from like lcd sound system like in his early 40s or something you know i mean i think that makes it kind of more interesting somebody who was like way you know who enters the scene very late but you know because they're because they were in the house martins or something like that you know i've got this weird thing about dazzler's age she can't be she's definitely not madonna you -hmm. know that's far too old for but she can't be britney spears either yes i agree she's got to be somewhere between the two and i'm not sure who like the real life pop model would be but she she can't be either of them and like you know she can't be christina aguilera Mm-hmm. And she's not Beyonce, but who is she? Well, I mean, I again, I don't know. I this is this is where I jump in and try and jam my 
you know, interpretation down everybody's necks. But I, I like I like the idea that, you know, she's like, you know, Fat Boy Slim or uh, or the guy from LCD Sound System. That she's, that she, in other words, now she's more of a DJ, kind of, you know, as somebody who used to be on the periphery of the music scene and, you know, is now sort of more central to it because she kind of fits better, I suppose. I don't know. But I mean, that's just me. That's just because I want to see a rave in the Savage Land. You know? You're you're getting a call tomorrow from Marvel by the way. <laughs> <laughs> As if the Fat Boy Slim LCD sound system did not seal it. When you said rave in the Savage Land, someone somewhere must have gone, oh god, yes. <laughs> that's exactly what I want to hear. That's what I'm hoping, but um, we'll see. I don't think that I really have enough stories. I think by issue six, and they're like, really? Rave in the, the negative zone? Is that is that all you've got? Really? Just be like any other rave. You know, people are like... Rave in the negative zone would have to be on the cover. Oh, yeah. And like oh, Blaster yeah. would be there, like with these glow sticks. See, you already have read the issue in my mind. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's definitely... that's So you actually got me hooked on Dazzler, I have to admit. Uh, Dazzler even... is, is just one of those... I, I realized this earlier. I think all of my favorite Marvel characters are very much of their time and kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Like Power Man and Iron Fist as well. They're so much of their time, no matter what Bendis does. Mm-hmm. Ever make Power Man not a 70s exploitation character. Right. And it's just, and that's when he's best. He's mm-hmm. best when you play that up. I suppose you're like, well, now he's a concerned father who's leading the Avengers. He he just becomes more dull when you do that. Right. Yeah. No. I I I'm I'm with you. And in fact, that's why uh, David also asked me to justify which terrible com- comics character I'm a fan of. And I think you've heard me talk about this before. I'm a fan of the terrible Marvel Comics character Skull the Slayer, who only had like his little six issue series. And then apparently Mark Grunwald was doing tons of shit with him, which shows you what I know. But uh, I I had tuned out. Where? Uh, he becomes it's the... Quasar, right? Everyone turned up in Quasar. Yeah, if not Quasar, then Captain America, or maybe both, because he becomes Cause... the new Flaming Skull or whatever. Because he was just like he's called, he's called Skull. Let's yeah. put him together with the other skull character. Yeah, no, pretty much. He's all brought back Starbrand. Uh, wait, who brought back Starbrand? Mark Grunewald in Quasar. Did he? Yes. He he like linked the new universe and the Marvel universe and gave Quasar the power of Starbrand. Oh, that's beautiful. Because because Mark Grunewald was, he was like Mark Wade and Jeff Johns before that sort of thing was really popular. He was. Well, happily go back and get all the old stories and rescue them and make them work somehow. Well, that's the, and that's very much sort of Steve Englehart too, which I think is my big, uh, you know, my, when you were talking the other day about trying to figure out if like Brubaker's Captain America is, you know, if all the groundwork was being let, laid by Mark Grunwald's. Which it completely isn't now that I've been rereading uh, mm-hmm. Brubaker's run. Uh, it's a lot of it is Englehart. Like exactly. there's so much where it's completely almost, you know, Oh, I know exactly what story you're referencing right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that makes sense because I'm actually reading the the giant 